Hello, I am Disco. Welcome to another show. Close your eyes and say, so we finally got a female. You thought I was sexist, but I'm a feminist. Crowd goes, yeah, yeah. I am here with Sarah. So I love you. You know you love me too. Yo, welcome back to another episode of Aussies with Stories. Yes, as the song suggests, we finally have a female on the podcast. Main guest. Last week we had Rach, but today we have Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. How does it feel to be the first female guest? Well, you had Rach, didn't you? Yeah, but you actually have a microphone this time. Oh, got it. Yeah. yeah. That feels good. You feel very proud of yourself. A lot of hard work went into this. Yeah. It was a very um, thorough I've process. Been, I've been begging to be on here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Sarah's a good friend of mine. And today we're going to talk all things politics. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know so much about that. Yes. More than, talk more to than, me about Trump. <laughs> yeah. No one else is talking about that, so that'll be good to talk about. <laughs> no, I love him. I voted for him and um, I think it's great that everyone... You in, voted for him? Yeah, I think it's great that everyone in Australia cares so much about it and they wouldn't even know. They wouldn't know the um, uh, opposition leader in Australia, but they know who Joe Biden is. Yeah. Which is just fucking ridiculous. I like that young girl, that Latino chick. Kamala uh, Harris. Yeah, she's... Latino? Is that Kamala Harris? Uh, I think so. I don't know. But she's, yeah, she's sassy. Yeah. And they tried to release all these... Um, I remember when she was running and she, like, right at the beginning of it. Um, Are we actually going to talk politics? No, 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 just really quick. But they tried to release these videos of her, like, party dancing when she was in school. Yeah. Like she was just like, yeah, have you not done that? <laughs> She's like, I'm sad for you. <laughs> <laughs> good it was on so it. good, yeah, it was. Maybe I'll vote for her next time. Yeah. No. Is it actually, are you talking about Kamala Harris? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, should Google I Google it? it? Pull it up, Jamie. <laughs> well, Kamala Harris, Jay Bonham's going to die within the week, so. <laughs> God bless him. Google check. Oh, no, no, God, no, not her. Yeah, I was going to say, she's not Latino. No. She's <laughs> <laughs> you don't like to call people black like these days. Yeah, I think that's what you're supposed to call Well, she is. Good on her, I'm proud of her. Well, who's this girl you're talking about? Um, don't worry about the dead air. Sorry. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know what her name is, but anyway, she's cool. And um, it's not Kamala. And it's not re- relevant at all because we're in Mm-mm. Australia. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to talk about this. Yeah, true. All right, so we're going to start. I'm going to start. I'm going to try something out today, and see how it goes. Two truths and a lie. All right. First time ever. First time ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and first time you ever heard this. So, do you want me to go first or you? No, you go. All right. You have to try and guess this. So, the, th- the three I'll give you. I was uh, vice captain. Of my high school, massive high school, um, very well respected in this region. Um, I had to move primary schools because I was physically abused by a teacher and I pissed the bed until I was 15. I think... um I weirdly, because we have done this before, but um, I actually have forgotten. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the lie is the wedding the bed. Oh, yeah, you're up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And for anyone listening. But that that didn't sound like the lie. 
Yeah, well, what's meant to happen is you're meant to quiz and be like, oh, you got physically abused by a teacher, what happened? Yeah, okay, so And I then, like, say how good I am at lying. Yeah, this is hard doing the second time round. Yeah, so we're doing this again. We we did a 30 minutes in and um, <laughs> yeah, we just had to start again because... It was my fault. Yeah, but it's all good. Here we are. Anyway. They didn't have to know that, but we're just... We're for the people. We're just, we don't want to hide anything from the followers. And so she used to she used to pinch you on the back of your arm. Who? Your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she did. That's why. So in grade four, no, maybe earlier. You know, I can't remember now. Maybe it was earlier. That's old. Grade three. That's old to be. Grade three, children. I think it was. Grade three. Yeah, I just go home and had big bruises on my arm, and mum was like, "What the fuck's going on?" And I told her, was, "Like substitute teacher would come in, and like that was her way of." Oh, she was know, a substitute teacher. Yeah, if you're in trouble, <clears throat> if you're doing anything, I should like pinch on the back of the arm instead. Of, like that was like. Obviously, old school, she's old bitch. And mum went, um, did it at school, and there was like this big thing. And she found out that all she did was just she wasn't allowed to teach in my class anymore, so she's still teaching kids. So mum's like, Fuck this, we're taking you out of this primary school to another one. Yeah, that's rubbish. And then the second primary school I went to, I was um, sexually abused, so I just got to stop going to school. I think <laughs> no, I wasn't really, <laughs> I might have been, I can't remember. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I <laughs> I was school vice captain also. Yeah, and I didn't used to piss the bed till fifteen. It was it was sixteen. That's when you started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, you go. Your turn. Okay. This is fresh too. I haven't had this so. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. One. I I used to be obsessed with this um. Reality. TV show, it's the UK one. Yeah. That's called um, Student Doctors. And I got so obsessed with it that I actually enrolled in biomed at uni because I thought I'd be a doctor. And the next one is, oh, uh, hang on. I'm a descendant of Anne Frank. Third, I can dislocate my shoulders without it hurting. Interesting. Yeah. So the first one, the what what type of reality show was it? It was like, like a. How does it work? It was like how do you win? Can they win? No, 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 no. It was just like reality TV in the sense that they just had cameras following them around, being student doctors. Ah. Uh, and they're all really stressed out and really like. Ah, uh, so it wasn't like Love Island, but they were all students. I loved it. Yeah. Cool. And, then, and yeah, so you did go to uni. You're giving it up. I don't you? know. <laughs> You tell me. <laughs> and the second one, Anne Frank, you're a descendant of her. Mm-hmm. And who's that? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, shout out Anne Frank. Great book. You better She can't it. hear you, mate. <laughs> she actually probably could if you believe in um, ghosts. Yeah, if anyone hasn't read The Diary of Anne Frank, give it a read. Amazing. Yeah. And the third one, what did you say again? Oh, God. Oh, I, I thought I was better for not remembering <laughs> This is what's happened since lockdown. I can't remember anything. And the third one is the treat. What did you say? Oh, my shoulders. I can. Oh yeah, yeah. Dislocate my shoulders. So you can dislocate shoulders because you're not a you're not a you're not related to Anne Frank. And okay, I already know that. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) no, so you can always been able to dislocate shoulders. Yeah, and has that helped? You want to see? Can you fit through a tennis racket? No. Have you tried? My shoulders are massive. Even when I dislocate them, they're still like quite broad. 
Yeah. Well, what's definitely not getting into a tennis racket. Is it? Does it hurt? No. Do you want to see? No. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Most people get freaked out. Well, if it was, it was wasn't such a visual, we could do it. But people listening are like, well, you could listen to Riley look at someone. Dislocate their shoulder. Yeah, well, if the reaction's good enough, right? Oh, my fucking God, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's what people are looking for. That's what they're here for. But it's funny that you – so how'd you go on uni studying? It's like, quite funny, actually, because – Well, that's good. No, well, it's stupid because I had not even done science since grade nine. Like, yeah. as soon as you could drop it as a subject, I dropped it. So I had no science background. I was decent at math, um, and then – yeah, went into uni with, like, less than grade nine knowledge of science. How'd, how'd you get into the uni? And, I, and it's the second best uni in the country, so they're kind of assholes about, um, like, they're not, pra- they're not like, a practical uni. They're yeah. really, um, they're all academics. And so I'd, like, ask questions, and they'd be like, yep, so that's in your textbook. I'm like, uh, oh, I've read it all, and I can't find <laughs> any answers. So how long did you go there for? A whole year. I did a whole year and I I was so sad. <laughs> like, I did about 10 hours a day of study and I was still so behind. And one of my biology subjects, some, for some reason, they um, so make I accidentally sorry. enrolled in a second-year subject oh. for biology. I don't know how they even let me do that. Did you do it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. How was that um, well, I I passed with fifty two percent. Nice. So not well. <laughs> it Still passed. Well, I don't think they let you be a doctor with fifty two percent. Please get degrees. Yeah. Um, did it give you more respect for doctors after doing that for a year? Hmm. Did it give you more respect for doctors knowing how hard it is? Yeah, but also like it was way harder for me because I just had never touched any of that stuff. Yeah, true. Like, so I was doing like math, physics, and biology. Um, it's pretty much what I did in year 12 Legit Yeah I didn't do any of that I did like art, drama, <laughs> English Yeah Yeah well I dropped out after six weeks So. Oh so that's why you dropped out Because yeah. <laughs> you picked all the worst subjects Yeah <laughs> Yeah I would drop out too Yeah I was, I was destined for greatness I started year yeah. 12 with all those subjects I was going to get 98 I was a school vice captain Yeah And then six weeks in I realised it was hard <laughs> <laughs> I said this before. They give you homework for the before you even get to school. They give you your homework for your homework. Yeah, yeah. Doing like who's going to do homework over Christmas holidays? Yeah, fucking. And nerd. I don't know if your mum was anything like mine, but my mum didn't like raise us with a very good study ethic. No. Um, she no. used to she used to write letters to my teachers so we wouldn't have to do homework. She's like, "It's ridiculous. They've been <laughs> at school for seven hours. They're not coming home and doing." Well, it's true. Homework. And so all, my, all through my life, I'm like, homework? Who does homework? It's, it's true. Rude awakening going to uni. Like, that's got for sure. Seven hours to teach her. They can't do it then. Yeah, and we had like an hour and a half bus ride. Sorry. To what? School? You could have done it on the way home. I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to. Yeah, the only time mum ever mum wrote a letter in grade one because we had RE in, in primary school. And she wrote a letter saying, he's not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so your mum was exactly like my mum. <laughs> so when everyone... And that's this, a no. This old bloke used to come in and talk about fucking God. Mm. And I used to just be able to go to the next room by myself and just play 
for like an hour because <laughs> she's like, you know, listen to that shit. And now I'm a full-blown Catholic, so okay. joke's on her. <laughs> yeah. Did you catch a bus home? Yeah. Did you ever do that? <laughs> Did you ever used to like listen to your favourite songs and like stare out the window and think you're in like a music video? I swear I've told you that. <laughs> that was me. That, yeah, so did you just say that out of the blue? Yeah, I was just thinking about catching my bus home. Yeah, I used to do that's that what I used to, And I used to make myself cry all the time on the bus. Yeah, I used to listen to that. <laughs> used to just, like listening to The Cure or something. It was like Goodbye My Lover by James Bond. <laughs> or, um... Oh, my God, you like sim- James Bond. Simple plan. Oh. Do you ever feel like breaking down? Obviously, I was a lot So relatable for were. a 15-year-old kid on the way home from school. Gosh, it's, it's like he's talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine being thirty-five and knowing that your music speaks to fifteen-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fifteen. I'm really relevant in this demographic. Yeah. Fifteen-year-olds on the bus, pretending yeah. to be in a film clip and funerals. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I love him. Still do. Yeah, no, it's weird. I must know for a while though. I'll get. I'll, I'll get him on Monday. Yeah, he's probably like D-list enough for you to get him on here. No way. He's even more famous now because he started doing pop songs. Or because people started making jokes about him. Yeah. He's actually a, a good guy. It's not his fault that he's got that type of voice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so descendant of Anne Frank, which is funny that you bring that up. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> so I'm Jewish. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Yeah, so you are Jew- Jewish. But look, what people don't – so right now people are just picturing some girl – Wearing a with a big nose, with a big yeah, big nose, big dress, <laughs> fucking something like Amy Winehouse. <laughs> Amy Winehouse, no, something like that. One of the docos when they're like, you have to quickly go oh. home and cook for your husband. Oh yeah, but explain to us, like the yeah, they're like Hasidic Jews. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Um, so how how are you Jewish? Because you're not religious. What? <laughs> so, um, about ten percent Jewish. Which which ten percent? Uh, I think it's like your arm. My my, f- my five right foot toes. <laughs> <laughs> That's ten percent of your whole body. Yeah, your five. Your five. Oh no, 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 it's these fingers as well. Oh yeah, yep. they're the ones that never get your purse out. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Jewish joke. Bang. Yeah, so explain to us. Ten percent, what how does that work? Um well <laughs> being Jewish is um it's through the mother's line. So mm-hmm. it's it's a bloodline thing. It's also a religion thing, but you're not technically Jewish unless well, no, you are. I don't know how that works. So you're gonna be a practicing well, <laughs> if I wanted to be you a can convert Jew. you can convert to Judaism but it won't show in your bloodline. Yeah. Is that what you want to do? No. If there was any religion I would go to, it would probably be Buddhism or... But have you seen the Wailing Wall? The you'd Wailing like, Wall? You'd like that. What's that? Well, they stand at the wall and they do... The, it's like a... Me- it's kind of uh, like a meditation. And they tape up their arms? Yeah, you'd be well into that. Hmm. Tape up their arms? Yeah, well, I've seen that. Oh, the... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, um, yes, yeah, so... Jewish through my mother's side, not very much, a little bit, um, but it used to be through the dad's side, but then um, they were all dying at war, so they changed it to the mother's side so that the Jews could survive. Yeah. And survive we did. Yes. 
very good at that, the Jews. <laughs> yeah. Just, they just prosper. There's no them. race that's been more expelled from more countries. Why do you think that Jews? is? It's something like 60 or maybe 58 countries expelled them. Um, Why do you think that is? Because they make a lot of money. They don't share it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And they're just really good at... Making money. <laughs> and fucking and not life. sharing <laughs> <it>. <laughs> And they stick together. It's like they have their own bread. economy. It's like, you know, they go to America and it's like all capitalism, whatever. They go to Russia and it's all communism and whatever. No, and it's like they no just create what, their yeah. own fucking economy and no matter what, like, the political system is doing at the time, they're just going to do their own thing. Yeah. Um, so they do isolate themselves a lot, I guess, in that sense. But yeah, even like, so you look at like America, which we just love talking about. America, <laughs> they make up like five percent of the population, but they run all the banks, they run all the record labels, like everything. They just know what to do about money. They actually do you reckon they're smarter than the average person. I know you think that. <laughs> well, I think it's a fact. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's not hard to be smarter than the average yeah. person. Though. Yeah, well, what they, what they um, have in looks, I mean, what they lack in like looks. Like looks. Hey, <laughs> watch yourself. No, nah, it was a couple of good-looking Jews in the world. I haven't seen them yet, but <laughs> sure there is. Yeah, so um, whereabouts did you grow up? Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from um, Western Sydney. <laughs> Nice. Yep. Um, and then we moved up when I was about six to Queensland. Um, grew up in Noosa mostly. Noosa, that's nice. Yeah, it's very pretty. It's very pretty. It's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it's very white. It's very old. It's very. What's it like living in a um, tourist place? Uh, being like a lot of tourist place. Yeah, we- I really like it. Surfers hate it though. Surfers hate what? Uh, the tourist season. Oh yeah. Um, but what are the what's the average surfer do for a job in Noosa? I honestly don't know. Sling weed. A lot of them. I think a lot of them. Yeah, I think a lot of them actually probably have like wealthy parents, and they just sort of mooch off them for a fair while. Mooch. That's a good word. Hmm. Very good. So, what's Noosa like to live? A lot of people that are listening have probably been there on holiday. Yeah, I I really liked it. I really liked just – I was quite anonymous there because I didn't go to school there. Um, I quite like old people too. Yeah. So I made a lot of friends with <laughs> people over 50. Is that they, mostly They always used to have me over for dinner and they'd feed me and it was nice. So people retire up there, so that's like yeah. rich people. Yeah. We're and from mostly. The, and they also – like they all pick up their hobbies as well. So like a lot of them – like – They'll suddenly start like little bands and stuff because they've got nothing else to do. Hmm. So that's cool. What's it like in the quiet quiet time when no one's there? Is it better? No, I don't, I don't like it. It's a bit weird. Yeah. It's kind of like going into the CBD right now. Mm-hmm. It would just feel weird. Why would you do that? Good point. I don't yeah. know. I haven't been there, so I haven't got a reason. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> <laughs> do you know where I live? Too far out. Who, me? You're pretty far out. <coughs> I used to live further out. I'm stone throw now. Used to be two, three stone throws. Where's Where's that again? Wandong. Wandong. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I always want to say Wodonga, but I know that's... Yeah, um, well, that's pretty far. Yeah, that's out near... 
That's up near the border, isn't it? It is on the border, yeah. Yeah. Or Rirunonga. Yeah. Which is funny because when there was uh, now that's open, they created the bubble. But they used to have a um, people from Wodonga were in Victoria and Albury, so on either side of the river, and people from Wodonga couldn't go to Albury. So literally, like thirty mm. meter river, they're allowed to go to restaurants and stuff on this side. They're, they're not. They got the strict lockdown rules, which is just crazy. The it's world's a mad a, world. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to do that. <laughs> yeah, I was not. You're about to do something like that. Yeah. Stole so it. you you lived in Noosa. Tell us. Um. Okay. So tell us about your your family. What's your family like? And you got two sisters and a brother. Yep. Two yeah. sisters and a brother. Um. I have two parents. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm the youngest of the four. And I'm closest with my brother. Yeah. And my sisters are pretty weird, but they're cool. Yeah. All the weird ones are cool. All the yeah. cool ones are weird. I, I think say. even you'd think they're weird. That's how weird. They're pretty far out. How so? Well, Mandy's um, like a drama teacher. Yeah. Um, she's living in China at the moment. She's she, teaching, teaching drama in China. Yeah, well, she's a really good writer. So <laughs> she's, what? Yeah. I was going to say, do Chinese people have facial expressions? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. That's already in. I'm not getting rid of that. <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, they do, obviously. I've seen The Parasite. It's a good show. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's Korean, but... <laughs> I don't want to be racist by association. <laughs> yeah, well, no one no one listens to this is not, <laughs> not Aussie. What do you mean? <laughs> You've got people in Chile. Oh, yeah, and Philippines. In Philippines? Yeah. You're global. It's true. Yeah, yeah well, so you should probably cut that out. <laughs> um, painting a perfect picture of a 27-year-old Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting prepared for people coming to Kentucky. They, they're going to know what to be in for over in Argentina now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, carry on. Mm. It's not about me. So your sister's in China right now? Yeah, yeah. She went through all like lockdown, COVID, everything. What stage are they at now in China? They're back to normal. Full normal. How'd they do Completely normal. Um, <laughs> through communism, <laughs> they just yeah. locked everyone inside. Yeah, join yeah. the club. You literally get beaten if you go out. Like, I mean, she's in Sha- she was in Shanghai through the whole thing and she lived in a, like a, I'm not even joking, it probably was... Four by three. No, that's maybe too small. It was small, tiny. Yeah, like she showed me her room once, and she basically just held the phone up and turned in a circle, and I saw her entire apartment. Damn, like every wall up close. Yeah. So she's lived in this tiny, tiny apartment that you can barely fit a bed in. Like the bed bed goes wall to wall. Um, that's and amazing. So why does she even want to do that? Like what? How well, it, it got really hard to Some get flights questions. back. It got really hard to get flights back. And also she loves it in China. She yeah, no, absolutely loves but it. Even earlier, um, how long has she been over there for starters and why did she go over there? Um, so she broke up with her girlfriend and then basically got this offer and then was just like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. You say she broke up with her girlfriend? Hmm? Say so she broke up with her girlfriend? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was heard it. Um, yeah. 
And she's just like she could be quite um, impulsive. Yeah. So yeah, she just did it. So she's teaching drama. She got a, she got up and left, and then can she speak Chinese? No. So who's she teaching drama to? So what she does at the moment? Well, she speak she teaches English through drama, but she's a really good writer. So at the moment, she's um, rewriting a lot of like the Chinese folk tale. In like English to teach the kids. That's cool as. Yeah. She just writes it just for her students, or she's going to publish it or something. Uh, no, it's just for like the schooling program, and they just keep promoting her. Yeah. Have you ever read any of her writings? Of that? Um, no, not of that. No, she's just told me about them. But um, she's yeah, she um ha- actually has has bipolar, so she's like wildly. Productive in yep. time that she's up to the point where it's just like I've just never seen someone like move through life so quickly. Yep. And it's yeah, she's very successful at anything that she like focuses on. Um, so it's cool. It's kind of like, yeah, I guess it's kind of like having um, career ADD or something. She just loves it. And so, so that's where she puts all her energy towards yeah. just her career or her career or everything. Yeah. It's not even like she's not even doing it for career purposes. She just does it because she loves it. How'd she go in being in lockdown with all of that then? Did she struggle? Yeah, she actually did surprisingly well, but she's like a huge um, meditator and stuff. Yeah. Like huge. It pretty much is her lifeline. So, um, yeah, she she struggled, but she um, she quite likes her own company and she was very busy with work anyway. So, yeah. But, yeah. It was weird. I, I remember calling her and thinking, like, you should be more upset or you should be more, like, freaked out because yeah. I've had quite a lot of space over here. I've got, like, a big room and a big house and it's freaked me out. And now that we've gone through it because we went through it after them, yeah, I'm just now sort of realising, like, how the fuck did you sit in that tiny apartment with bipolar <laughs> through lockdown yeah. and have no one come to your door, no one visit you, like, Away from your family. It's mad. Mm. Anyway, how, she's good. <laughs> how old was she when she got diagnosed? Uh, how does she know? She's 35. Maybe like 30. Oh, really? That recent? Yeah. I think. Yeah. And she was always pretty good at dealing with it? No. No. <laughs> so when she got diagnosed, it helped a lot? Um. Yeah. Yeah, huge amount for her. Um, it just meant, and she has type two bipolar, so it's like the swings are not as drastic. Yeah, but that's why it goes undiagnosed for so long because sometimes people can sort of just see it and be like, "Oh, they're just super, super moody or whatever." Yeah, but no, when she was like eighteen, nineteen, all through her twenties and stuff, she was really destructive. Yeah, um, but yeah, she just got it together and. Accepted it. Once she accepted it, it was like, it kind of became like a positive thing almost. Superpower. Yeah, like she wouldn't have, she would not be doing what she's doing right now if she didn't have it. Yeah, true. It's just about managing it for her. Yeah. But she'd definitely say she'd rather have it, I think. Yeah. Than not. That's nice. Yeah. Good on her. Mm. Lucky bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should get her on. <laughs> I know. How about I just sit here and talk about my sister who is interesting? What's her favourite food? <laughs> so 
So your other, so your other family has you got brother, and he's living in Brisbane. Yep. <clears throat> and sister, the other sister. Mm-hmm. Sunshine Coast. Nice. And yeah. your parents are still in Noosa. Mm. One's in Moolaba. One's in Dicky Beach. Nice. So why do you think you's like my family? Like my oldest brother moved two hours away, and it was it was like. We lost an arm. So for you, you all live far away. Like mm. you live here in Melbourne, sister overseas. Like that, like was that? Yeah, mum and dad got used to that pretty quickly. But did you know why it's like that? <laughs> we'll probably try and get away from them. <laughs> <laughs> Your parents? Yeah. <laughs> like me, my brother and my sister all left home at like 18, 19. Yeah. Um, Melise is very like homebody. Like she doesn't go far from. I remember we even went on a family trip around Europe when I was fifteen. So Melise would have been seventeen, and our whole family was going on this trip for three months, and she got homesick, even though every single one of us was there, and she was crying, wanting to go home. I was like, "You're cooked. <laughs> like we're in Italy, and you just enjoy it." <laughs> nice. She yeah, she just like being. She's at home. the only one that gets up. Yeah. 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 So going back to you. <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> so you left home at 19. Yeah. Give me, I'll give you the mic. Mm. Don't, um, don't skip through it. Take your time mm. and tell from the moment you left home to now, <laughs> which not to give away your age, been about nine years. Nine? Eight? Ten? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so you left home. Where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> I went back. That was a noise. Um, yeah, left home at 19. So, okay, I'm actually going to start from when I'm 15. Basically, Ooh. my parents took us on a trip around Europe. Yeah. And when we got back, I, I didn't realise at the time, obviously, like, you know how you get, like um, – you get, I don't know, a lot of kids get depressed in like year 11 and 12. Yep. That was me. And I, I couldn't stop thinking about how I just wanted to leave the country and get back to Europe. Like it pretty much screwed uh, me that trip. That it, it just like was the only thing on my mind for like the rest of my schooling. So and the so trip got, was really good. I, it was just like, it had just opened my eyes to everything. Yep, yep. I was like, why the fuck am I sitting in Wombai on the Sunshine Coast going to this Christian school? Where I don't even really like the people I'm like hanging out with. They could be listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's that one guy in Argentina. That's him. I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I just I got super depressed after that because I just realised there was a whole world outside of school, and um, and then so as soon as school finished, I obviously had no money, so I had to save up for a couple of years. Um. Worked my ass off and then moved to London when I was 19. Um, I had a few attempts at moving to London. It's a pretty, like, ruthless place. Uh, I cried a lot, but I just was stubborn enough to stay there. Um, In what way was it, was it ruthless? Well, 
I went there with about three grand, mm. <laughs> which is not very much money when you split it. I don't, I just don't even know how, like, my mum let me go. <laughs> yeah. She was crying at the airport and I didn't understand why she was crying. I was like, I'll be fine. Mm. <laughs> and I look back, I'm like, who goes to London with three grand? <laughs> and why did you, you go to London? Um, I loved London. And also I have um, British citizenship, so I just thought that'd be easy. Yeah. But I got my first job on Oxford Street and um, – I was so poor that like when I, when I went for the job trial, the heel felt like came off my shoe and I was so embarrassed. And so I then like ran out at lunchtime and went and bought these like 350 euro dollar boots just because I was so like, I just. Um, for, the inter- for the interview? No, just because like I was so sick of being so poor uh. and they were paying me £5.50. And so then I just was basically spent all the money I had on these boots. And I now. still have those boots. Are they good? Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty messed up now. But um, yeah, and so then I was getting paid five pound fifty um, an hour, which is not much. Um, and trying to live in a hostel, pretty much. So you're living in a hostel. Yeah, because like I, <laughs> I spent any money that I had for like bond on those boots. So <laughs> I couldn't move in anywhere. And hostels are like about like 18 quid a night, so it's quite 18 expensive. 18 quid, 350 mm. euro. Gosh, got people with their calculators out. Yeah, it's strange that I used euro for the boots because it would what have I mean, been pounds. Like, but yeah, 350 pounds. It wouldn't have been 350 pounds. It would have been about 350 euro. And for anyone listening, that's about um, three grand Australian. They were a couple of hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. But no, three fifty pounds is like six hundred bucks. Yeah, at the moment, um, never clue around that. Yeah. Anyway, so you're living in hostel. You, how long did you live in one hostel for? And what was that like? Did you hate it? Surely. Yeah, I hated it. I used to <laughs> used to sit on the top bu- top bunk and cry to mum on the phone, <laughs> and then <laughs> I'd be so gutted if someone like was sharing the room with me. Cause I'd be mm. like, fuck, now I have to be really quiet crying. But um, it was just really character building. And then sometimes I couldn't sleep, so at like midnight I'd walk up to like the um, tea and cake shop up the road and it was owned by like, I don't know, someone, whoever, I don't know what they were, what nationality they would have been, but they just had shishas. So you'd sit there at midnight eating carrot cake and drinking, you know, English breakfast tea and they'd bring you over a shisha. So I made a habit out of doing that. <laughs> and you're only 19. How would you have the maturity to... Smoke shisha? No, not smoke shisha. <laughs> Even be in London by yourself. I was too well, I didn't. That's why I was crying all the oh, time. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I got a funny story about um, Hostel. Yeah. Because we started to stay there when we went to London for like not long. Um, and I, I can't remember how, but I had a scr- scratch on my elbow. And we are just standing there. I think I must have had like my hands on my hips like waiting to get out. Mm. And... I could just feel something on my arm and there was this old Asian lady just running, rubbing cream into my, into my, like, scratch. That's really nice. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, she was like 50. I don't know what she's done in that style. What did you say to her? I said, Thanks, Thanks. mum. <laughs> 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 Love you, mum. <laughs> yeah, no. That's so really cute. She, she might be listening. Oh, mama. Yeah. So That's really cute. Hostel's great. <laughs> Wouldn't want to live there. Well, that wasn't ha- happening to me in my hostel. <laughs> yeah, so 
Like, um, why? To get, I already know the answer, but to be over there with no money, stressed out, like, why didn't you just go home? Because I'm stubborn. <laughs> I just really needed to see it out. I'd waited so long to get out of the country. I couldn't go home. Yeah. But I did I did sort of run out of money. So um my one of my aunties lives or great aunties lives in France. So I France. It's nice, yeah, it's good. That's how you say it. <laughs> and so I um ended up flying over to her and So how so how her old her. are you now? How long were you in London for? How how long was I what for? In London for and how old yeah, same question. So how long were you in London before you moved I was about I was in London about four months and yep. then went to um, Linda's for about another two months yep. or something. And um In Great France. Pardon? In France. In France, yeah. And yeah, that was awesome. It was and really, really good. Whereabouts in France? What was her setup? She lives in St Auburn du Desert, which is like west of Paris. Yeah. Um, How far from Paris? About three hours by train, I remember. Um, and at one, actually, when I landed, I first went to Paris and um, I got really sick. And it was when the swine flu was going around. Yeah. And <laughs> mum was convinced I had swine flu. And I probably did, to be honest. Anyway, I'm still here. So, but that was a bad time. What, because of swine flu because you were sick? Well, because I was... You had swine flu. Yeah, I had swine flu. <laughs> it was like like the worst flu I've ever had in my life. And it was freezing winter and I was still like walking around for six hours of the day. At your um, auntie's house? No, in Paris, just to see Paris. Uh, yeah. So I was like forcing myself to go out and I was just getting so, so sick. But um, yeah, so my auntie, she's really cool actually. Um. Tell it. Well, it's a good ask anyway. <laughs> um, what did your auntie do? So when she was in the UK, she set up like um, this whole uh, sort of Medicare system for like mental health. Yeah. It was like this huge thing and she was the one that actually like drove the whole program, um, which is like now still sort of like used and whatever. But um, now she lives in France with her partner and they go around buying um, those dilapidated barns. Uh, have you ever seen them out in the countryside? It's like really, really old. I can picture it. They've all fallen down. So all those barns, because of the um, the rules in France, you're not allowed to actually um, rebuild with new materials. That's the rule because they're like, I guess, heritage listed or something. Yeah. So they go around buying it, and, and that's why, like, none of them are ever repaired and no one buys them. So they it's go too around. Hard. Yeah, it's too hard basket. So they go around buying them, and then they rebuild them with the same materials. So they, like, literally dig them back out, of the, all the bricks and stuff back out of the ground and rebuild them with the same materials. And they Airbnb them out. And they have, like, a small holding, so they um, raise and kill all their own, like, um, meat. So they, when I was there, I was like... Had a lot of sheep friends. Um, I think the worst day was like Christmas. Uh, all the turkeys got killed. <laughs> it was brutal. All of them. How many did they have? Yeah, and, and they told me to go into the, 
Oh, no, because they do it for all the neighbours. Uh, so there was about like nine massive turkeys that got yeah. slaughtered. And they sent me into the house. They were like, hey, don't come out for three hours. I was like, no worries. Didn't. And then <laughs> later on I went to go and chop wood. I walked into the shed to grab an axe and they were all hanging there like plucked and headless. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and you're a vegetarian. I'm a vegetarian. I, I just cried. <laughs> It was so sad because I was, like, talking to them earlier. What are they saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll stick. I'll Get che- back on track. No, checkpoint that there yeah. to veer off for a little bit. So you, how, how old were you? <laughs> I didn't even make it to the next part. <laughs> how old were you when you decided to be a vegetarian? Oh. Because it's interesting. <laughs> About Eight. Eight. And your yeah. parents aren't vegetarian? No, no, no. Can you remember the thought process behind that? Cows were my friends. You didn't ask me my earliest memory. Do you know what my earliest memory was? Oh, yeah. No. Okay, it's coming up. Don't worry. I'll ask. I just always liked animals more than people, mostly. Okay. So I'll actually we'll go back to your travelling mm. and um, until you get to here and then I'll ask. Oh, there's so much in between, though. Yeah, well, go. Just go for it. Nine years of... Okay, so then, I don't know, I tried London a couple of times, um, moved in with friends. London became unaffordable and just depressing, so I moved out to Brighton, um, where I was nannying. um, I made some really good friends out there, and it's a really fun town, Brighton. Like, if anyone's going to the UK, skip London. Like, no, go to London, but don't live in London it's a drag. It'll take you like three years to get established and then it's just depressing. So, yeah, Brighton's really fun. What's the – so to rent in London compared to like a wage, like you said it before, but what's yeah. the average weekly rental? Rent. Yeah. Well, I think rent was about £500 a month and – yeah, wages were five pound forty an hour. Yep. And then you get taxed on that. Yeah. It's just stupid. Tough. Yeah. I remember like questioning like whether I should order an eight like an eight pound breakfast. And like you'd never do that in Australia. You'd no. eat happily spend thirty bucks on breakfast. Yeah, well maybe you would. You must be doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. No, yeah, I do it all the time. Yeah. You don't really think about it. You're like, I'm hungry, 30 yeah. bucks, no worries. True. Yeah. So, and in comparison to Brighton, what's that rental like? Is it that much different? It's um actually pretty similar. Like, Brighton's like the next most expensive place to live, but the quality of life is just better because, um, <clears throat> like, you've got a full room to yourself. Whereas yeah. in London, you'll pay that much money and, like, you won't even have a door on your bedroom. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's pretty skanky. Yeah. And s- more and same amount of job opportunities to live in Brighton. Is that yeah. what you, is that what you'd recommend for someone that wanted to go live overseas and they wanted to live in I would I would recommend going to Portugal. <laughs> Portugal. Yeah, cheap food. Good food. And I've never been there, but it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> someone told me it's like Spain but um cheaper and better. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. All right. So you're in Brighton now. Mm. What what were we doing for work in Brighton? 
nannying oh, and tough. working. I was nannying, working at a bar and um, cake shop as well. Jesus. Yeah. What's it like being a nanny overseas? What are the families like? Yeah, I actually was um, a nanny for um, two like big BBC um, documentary makers. And so they were away a lot making yeah. documentaries. Um, but their kids were awesome. Uh, they they had split up though, so their kids were kind of like also traumatised. Yeah. But pretty much just stepped in like a big sister. It was very easy. Yep. That's a good job. Yeah, I love it. Can you have a, a male nanny? Is there anyone? A manny? Yeah. Um, Puppy. I would. I Like you can, I guess, but I don't think I'd get a man for my nanny. Why? Because... That's it. Well, they just—I just don't think there is nurturing, and also, um, <laughs> like men kill more people. <laughs> we are going to kill a kid. So Maybe hard, puts put cartoons on and give know. him a pack of Doritos and go sit in the couch. How could it be? Sometimes I think, like, if you've got younger kids, like, you want. Like a person with like a like breastage area. Breastage area. Yeah. Like if you've got like a Chicken. nine month or something, like they fall asleep on that. No. So how young you had them? At nine months? Yeah, like I've nannied a nine month oh a six month baby before, yeah. For how long? Um like how long for the were the parents away with the six month old? Um, so I would take care of her Zali about three days a week for the full day. Yeah. And that was for about half a year. How'd you go with that? Um, I wasn't even really old enough to know how old the baby was. So I told mum it was like two years old and then <laughs> I took it I took it home, took her home. And mum was like, this child is so young, it can't even crawl, Sarah. <laughs> what do you mean you took the baby home? I took it to mum's house. I said, I've got a cute baby. And where, were you, where are you right now when you're telling this story? In Noosa, actually. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> Took it in your luggage. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it was nannying a different time. Yeah. All right, you need to direct this because I'm just going on tangents. No, that's all good. So after Brighton, where'd you go from there? Oh, everywhere. Well, give us I did, I just, just give us some There's so much, there. and I did like three laps of Europe and then um, went. No, don't. See, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't want to say um, and then I did a, uh, I did um, a, a couple of stints in America as well. Um, when I was about twenty one, um, I went around America, and that was cool because I basically, I ended my Europe thing. I was in Paris. I had eight hundred dollars left to my name, and so I bought a flight to America. Yeah. Um, I I went and stayed with a friend of a friend of a friend. <laughs> That was like one of my mum's friends, friends, friends. Um, and I only had two days accommodation when I landed there and that was cool. And then pretty much I did about eight weeks in America, had not planned anything and everyone that I stayed with just gave me someone else to stay with in different parts. So that's what decided where I was going. If someone said like, oh, you can go stay with this person here. So I just, yeah, I went all around America just doing like staying with people. And they love it. They get so excited. To have someone over. Especially an Australian. Because especially like when you hit like country California and stuff, like they haven't 
seen anyone outside of their state. Yeah. Well, what about doing that as a female? Is that difficult? Do you ever get worried? Not in America. Anywhere in America? Not really. Because, no, not really. There's something that's like quite, um, because they're quite outspoken and they're quite, like I was nervous a lot in like Paris and stuff. Yeah. Because um, if someone sees you getting mugged, they'll probably just look and then like keep walking. But that in America, that wouldn't happen. Someone would pull out their shotgun. <laughs> yeah. So there's no times for all these travels where you felt um, scared? No, oh, no, definitely there was, yeah. Any close calls? Yes. For anything? Did you ever get robbed? Nearly got abducted in Paris. Damn. Yeah. This guy tried to pull me into this van. And it was stupid because I was – it was right near the Eiffel Tower, but that's where they get you. They look for, they look for tourists. tourists. Yeah. Like the gypsies look for tourists there. And then this guy was this Egyptian guy, and he saw me like walking around with a map. This is obviously before I had maps on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I was walking around with an actual map, which I knew <laughs> not to do, but I, I was doing it because I was lost. Yeah. And then um, he just kind of tried to, like, talk to me and be like, oh, like, I can help you get home and whatever. And then he uh, ultimately, like, in, in the end, tried to, like, grab me by my arm and, like, the, he had a van there. And so I just pushed him and, like, ran away. But not a very nice guy, really. It's pretty scary. That no, was all right. But but that's pretty good. Like, you've, you were just someone that just watches the news or sits in your lounge room and... You heard of a girl in her 20s travelling around fucking the world, mm. couch surfing. You'd think, I can't even walk around the corner without getting fucking bashed. Yeah. So the world's a good place by the sounds of it. Mm. Would you say that, being someone that's seen all of it? Except for Portugal. No, I, I can see a lot why why people get, like, abducted and hurt and things in these situations. But, like, I'm, like, a deeply suspicious person. I'm suspicious of everyone and I also don't trust anyone. So I'm a bit savage that way, which is probably what saved me. Yep. And I have no qualms with being rude to people. Like I just think if you get a bad vibe, just fuck them right off. Like you don't know, owe them anything. Yeah, girl, preach it. It's true. That's how you don't get murdered. If you listen to some like murder podcasts, which I do a lot. Are you murder shaming? Just don't do it, okay? Just don't get murdered. <laughs> Not that hard. <laughs> well, no one's no one that's been murdered is listening, other than. <laughs> <laughs> or are they? <laughs> exactly. And Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was. Yeah, she was. We shouldn't forget it. Oh. Um, my sister. <laughs> your sister was murdered. No. I was oh, and Frank. He's your sister. I'm with you now. Long lost. All right, so. Everywhere, where was so from the, the couch surfing, going all these places, living? Where was the next place where you lived for a, a period of time? Canada. Yep. And how long ago was that? Um, I came back two and a half years ago, I guess. Hmm. Mm. What did you do over there? Um, a lot of drugs. <laughs> oh, Sarah, don't say it on the podcast. It was not condoning it. No, go for it. This is what it's um, all about. Give yeah. us the goals. So what, what's that? Sorry, what's that place called in Canada that everyone goes? Oh, everyone goes to Whistler. Yeah, and that's like the drug capital of the world? <laughs> <laughs> of Canada. Yeah. So what do you mean? You did a lot of drugs. Why would you say that? Not once. I did a lot of drugs. 
Yeah, so I did a lot for me. I didn't do a lot by like other people's standards, probably. But like before I went to Canada, I'd never done drugs other than weed, mm. never touched anything. And then I just decided I was going to be wild. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and what I did. And what, what was that thought process? Why all this time you've traveled around the world? Why, when you got to Canada, that you would go, oh, I'm going to dabble in this? Because mm. I'm sure it was around where everywhere, especially London. Yeah. I, was prob- I don't know. I was probably just sick of myself. Mm. <laughs> like, I think I just wanted to be someone new for, for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but no, like it, it's all yeah. It's, it's it was fun for a bit, but um, ultimately, it's definitely not my thing. I don't think. Yeah. But if anyone, if it is anyone's thing, would you recommend Whistler? <laughs> no, because if it's your thing, you'll die there. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually this. Um, people do diet like Australians die a lot there. Mm. Um, but there was this girl while I was living there. There was this girl from WA. Um, it was fucking sad. Um, she went missing and people go missing a lot in winter in the ski hills, but like they're sort of hard to find cause it snows a lot. And anyway, she, um, she got sent away from this bar, um, that was in town and she was on a lot of drugs and she was about 20, she was 26. Um, and they gave her so many drinks like the security cameras just show them serving her drink after drink, like way, 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 way over what she yeah. should have. Plus she was already on drugs. Um, basically she managed to get on the bus home, got off at the bus stop and um, for some reason wandered down to the lake. And I think she sat out there so long that she got hypothermia. And when you get hypothermia, you actually start to feel really hot. So she took all her clothes off and she walked into the water and um, we were, we were like um, part of like big searches. So like all her family flew over from WA um, and like the whole community like got out there trying to do searches, do these searches and whatever. And they didn't find her till six months later till the, when the ice on the lake thawed and her body appeared. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what happens. Like, it's so cold. Like, it is dangerous. It's dangerous to be fucked up and walking around mm. when it's that cold, when it's, like, negative 18 degrees. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much what they said happened, is that she would have got that hypothermia and got confused because she was on drugs and just stripped off and walked in. You reckon that's the truth? There's nothing sus about it? No. it's No. Too cold. Too cold, too many drugs. And makes sense. Yeah. All right. Hold that yeah. thought. We back. And we back, and we back, and we back. Don't be too upbeat because <laughs> okay, for them, it was just, Nothing there was no happened. pause. And you've just finished a story about a girl who died. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, so. Sorry. Um, sad. So, Whistler. Is it is it good though? Like, is it just, if you're there, you got a party. There's no, There's nothing else. Yeah, I wouldn't. If you like snowboarding, I wouldn't recommend Whistler. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just get stuck in lines. Because I did um, Revelstoke and Fernie mm-hmm. the two seasons before that. Went yeah. to Whistler for the bike park to do downhill biking and then just ended up staying for the winter. But the winter's – the summer's really good in Whistler. Like that's what I would recommend. Yeah. But the winter is just full of 
like oh, the worst kind of people. And um, it's they also like whenever you have like a, a big snow dump, they the mountain will just like close the hill if it happens in the middle of the week. Yeah. Um. So all the locals that pay like through the nose to live there and get the snow, they close the mountain. And then they'll open it on the weekend when all the people from Vancouver are coming up. Oh, yeah. And then you just don't even, like, get to enjoy it. Yeah. So it's a bit of a sham. Many Aussies there? <laughs> it's 90% Aussies. Really? Yeah. And what are they That's like? why it's so druggy. Oh, come on. No, 100%. And what are they like over there? What did, Over all your travels, what's a typical Aussie abroad? Obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Even in England, they're really obnoxious too. Yeah. Like the Kentucky type. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> when I went on a Kentucky, which is yeah. younger, now I'm older and mature, I would just go there and go to the museums. I probably wouldn't even drink. And streak. Streak. <laughs> yeah. Can you think of that? I've heard stories. You're painting a, a ridiculous picture. Okay. So, from Whistler, Canada. Two and a half years ago. So you you in Canada for three and a half. Three and years. a half. And then for all that time. And now you Yeah, well no, I went from Canada down to Central America and lived there for a bit. Damn. Yep. It's amazing. So all this time, how many times were you close to coming home? Never. Never. <laughs> I would come home like if something bad was happening with um like my sister or something or my yeah. dad. I'd just like pop home for a month or something and go back. Yeah. So you just had no no interest in being in Australia? No, not really. Why's that? It's a bit boring. Ooh. Be careful. No, no, it's not boring. No, no, no. Australia is not boring. It's just like um, coming home was like getting a real job. Yeah, yeah. Renting a place, being on a lease. Like it was that, like that life, it was boring. Yeah. It's, um, because I worked for Australian companies while I was travelling, I always had, like, kind of fun money. Yeah. Whereas, like, I, I could just, like, drop and leave or catch a flight or something. Whereas when when you come home, you kind of have to live within your means and, and like, be more responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting. So it's probably hard to say because you're you, but in comparison to other <coughs> people your age, what do you think – Traveling for all this time has taught you and made you, yeah, well, taught you. Mm. Probably like in some ways resilience, yeah, and in other ways the opposite of resilience. Um, just that, like, if if there was anything ever hard, like ever hard happening in my life, I would just like move. Yeah, <laughs> that was like my cathartic solution to everything. It's just like, oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable. There's, you know, I've got anxiety or something, and then I just think the solution was to move to a different country. Yeah, I did that a lot, and instead of like dealing with anything, I would just move. Yeah, but then it also teaches you resilience in the fact that like everything goes wrong all of the time. Yeah, and you have to hold it together, and you might be at an airport not knowing how. Like, I was at a Chinese airport once, and. They basically thought I was sus because I had bought my ticket like that day mm-hmm. and just flown to Guangzhou by myself. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's a communist regime. So 
they were just super sus on me. Probably thought I was a spy. So that when I got there, I was actually like violently ill. I'd been vomiting on the plane the whole time for some reason. And then I got there and they took my luggage. They took my credit cards. They took my PIN numbers of my credit cards. They took my passport and my identification and my um, ticket, my flight ticket, and then didn't come back for about four hours. Damn. And Surely was, they didn't think you were a spy. They thought you were smuggling drugs or something. Uh, no, communists are like pretty suspicious. <laughs> they think everyone's a spy. Why would a spy be spewing up? That's not a spy thing to do. You ever seen James Bond spew up? No, actually. <laughs> Must be true. <laughs> but if you wanted to think, wanted people to think you're not a spy, it's actually a pretty good move. Mm. <clears throat> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you're in there for four hours and what ended up happening? Well, I kept trying to call my mum because um, they were telling me I couldn't keep travelling, I couldn't do an onward journey and stuff and they had these people um, that had a badge saying I speak English. They did not speak English. <laughs> they could say hello right. and then everything I said to them, they'd just nod at me <laughs> and smile and I was like, this is so not okay and it was just terrifying. I was like, I could be locked up. Like, I, And no one would know where I was. Yeah. Everyone would think I'm just like having a stopover and keep going. And they yeah. just stopped me at my stopover. And then suddenly I had nothing. I had no money, no identification. Um, and, and I couldn't, because they don't have Facebook either over there. So I couldn't um, yeah. Facebook my mom. Um, I couldn't call, they wouldn't let me call her either. Um, How did that work? It just felt like I was, that's like the first time, and this is probably why I have an aversion to going to China, is because I've never felt so controlled Mm. in my life than that four hours I spent in that airport. I was completely at the mercy of them, um, of the authorities there. And even after they had taken all my stuff, I then got approached by um, like airport police, and they asked me for my identification. I was like, oh, I'm shitting bricks now because I don't have anything. I can't show you anything. Um, yeah, it's a bit scary. When you're over there and does you just got open Facebook and it just doesn't work? Yeah, yeah, you can't get onto it. Crazy. Yeah. Um, Should do that over here too. You have to have a, like a VPN to get onto it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what was the final result? Are you still there? Um, no, they just, they wouldn't, because I was trying to get to Hong Kong. So um, they just wouldn't let me go, because if I'm because I'm a British citizen, if I went to if I got to Hong Kong, um, I could stay there yep. um, without a visa. Um, so they just onward journeyed me eventually through to England. They took all the cash out of my account to, so I had to give them my cards, and they went to the ATM with my pin numbers, took the cash out, and um, paid for my. Like to the UK. Fuck, that's weird. Yeah, it was so weird. <clears throat> and obviously, they wouldn't be allowed to do that here. Oh, definitely not. And I was like um, shivering. Like, I had a really bad fever. So I was like shivering, like, had cold sweats and vomiting. And they wouldn't even let me get like a jacket out of my bag or anything. I actually think the translator girls felt really, really sorry for me because they really? kept coming over and saying hello. Because <laughs> that was the only thing they could say. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's cute. That is cute. So yeah. silver linings. You wouldn't have met them if it wasn't for that ordeal. <laughs> Do you still speak to them today? 
<laughs> yeah. On Facebook. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. <laughs> so you decided, so what was the decision to go, all right, fuck it, I'm going home? Oh, when was this? Which well, part are we jumping to now? So you're in Australia now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, yeah. So you're travelling oh, yeah, yeah. and you come home. What was the point where you, from all this time <laughs> where you didn't even cross your mind to, all right, I've had enough, I'm going back to Australia? Mm, my dad got pretty sick. Yeah. Um, he also asked my mom. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> I feel nervous, so I'm laughing, but... Yeah, so he also has bipolar, and um, it was undiagnosed at that part, at that time. So, um, so he, your sister was the first person in your family to get diagnosed. Yeah, and then because yeah. she got diagnosed, was that kind of the thought? Like, oh, that's pretty similar to. No, no, no. We always like the rest of the family always knew something was up. Yeah, with dad, and we had asked him to like talk to someone or whatever. But he's just old school. He would yeah. not see anyone ever. He just was like, oh, I've just got depression, which. Is part of it for sure, but yeah. um, because he was on the wrong medication, he was on medication for depression. It actually was exacerbating his bipolar. Yeah. So I got to the point where he was having like these manic episodes that just became beyond beyond what yeah we could handle or whatever. Anyway, so, that's pretty much why I came home. So even though it, your dad was too old school to admit or to get looked at for bipolar. Mm. He wasn't too old school to go on depression medication. Mm. Dad's, um, my dad's an interesting person because he's very, um, he's kind of elitist yeah. in that he won't listen to what most people say. Yeah. Someone has to be like incredibly smart and like a leader in their field for him to listen to anything they say. Yeah. So if you manage to get my dad's respect – He'll do anything you say. And he happened to have a GP that he just thought was the bee's knees, basically. Yeah. And the GP um, said, you know, Jean-Marc. Honestly, like, so my strange. dad talked about his... Oh, well, he's actually um, from Mauritius. No, no. <laughs> he's from Mauritius. Yeah, Mauritius. 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 Um, so, yeah, they do speak French. Told <laughs> Where's Mauritius? <laughs> Just north of Paris. Oh, it's my dad calling. Oh, chuck him on. Papa. Chuck him on. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, yeah, so basically, like he knew that he had, but dad dad just has always liked to medicate yeah. rather than like talk about it. Yeah. Um, Sounds like everyone. Yeah. But the problem is like... Um, yeah, he probably over-medicated sometimes. Um, I can't remember where I was going with this. Yeah, you got a phone call and it's distracted you, which is actually yeah, funny. He's talking about your dad and your dad calls. And he calls. And he never calls. He never. He's pathetic at keeping in touch. Well, do you want to answer it? No, no, no. It. It's all good. I'll call him back. <laughs> yeah, so I asked um, when you gonna, why you decided to come home. Your dad got sick and then you said dad also has bipolar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so dad got dad got pretty sick, and um, what was the illness? If you don't mind me asking, it was the bipolar. Oh, yeah, cool. I say sick because he he was very unwell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I came home to help with that, and because mu- like mum had to leave at that point because it was all too much, it's too much. Yeah. 
Um, so I was the only, I was the one living at home with dad yeah. um, while he was having, going through this. Um, and that was pretty intense for a lot of reasons, but also because he started having like um, psychosis yeah. where he would just sort of like imagine this whole different scenario to what actually happened. And it was really confusing for me because I thought he was like trying to manipulate us. I just didn't understand what was going on. how far, like, yeah, because I'd been away for a while. So I didn't understand how bad it had gotten that he actually was having psychosis. Yeah. And I just didn't understand like why he would be screaming at me or whatever. Um, but yeah, we pretty much had to like, yeah, he like got forcibly put into care. Yeah. Um, and then that's when he got diagnosed, when he absolutely had to get diagnosed. Yeah. Um, but funnily enough, the psychiatrist that did di- did diagnose him, he had mad respect for. He hated him in the beginning because he was quite blunt and quite rude. And then he had like he just realized that he, my dad loves smart people. Yeah. I don't know what that's about, but he just he does. Um, What's your dad's background? Um, a bit of everything. Um, but he is a very, he's an intellectual for sure. Yeah. He reads a lot and, um, he could, he's like a sort of, he used to be in advertising and then he's moved to like consultancy for management and different yeah. things. But, um, yeah, I think cause he, his brain never stops. So he's like very, he loves smart people or yeah. Anyway. That's that's what happened. Yeah. So is there, when that was all happening before he got diagnosed, did you know yourself? Or that when, he had bipolar? Yeah. Like did you do, give that diagnosis? No. Oh, we had, yeah. Well, because we, we, we knew that um, Mandy had bipolar and um, it's very much hereditary. Yeah. So it would have come from dad. Yeah. 100%. We knew that, but we just didn't have the diagnosis and he was on the wrong drugs. Yeah. But did you think it might have been something worse? Like, yeah, I think like the psychosis freaked me out because I didn't know that that really came with bipolar. Yeah, I didn't know that it it could make you have a completely different, completely different experience. Yeah, to what other people were having. But I would say, like, one thing I always regret is letting Dad feel like he was crazy, or letting Dad yeah, feel yeah. like he was losing the plot. Yeah. And I think I even added to that sometimes because I was trying to like get a grasp on how things were so different for he and I. And um, I think in the process of that, me and my brother, because we handled it a lot, we handled the dad situation more than um, anyone else. And I think that in it all, we probably made dad feel more insane than he should have. And it was just because we didn't understand it. Yeah. And because we didn't know that that's what we were dealing with and no doctor had talked to us yet about what happens. Like even when Mandy got diagnosed, we didn't get any doctors talk to us. But Mm. like once the psychiatrist talked to us about like how it presents and things like that, everything started to click and I was like, oh, shit, I should not have made him feel that bad or I shouldn't have. Yeah, it was not your fault. Yeah, I know, but. Do you think that needs to be? He probably like acted more crazy because Because he was being made to feel crazy. Yeah. Do you like? Do you know how like? <coughs> have you ever had someone make you feel a bit crazy? Like every day. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, but what you like, mean. but they like. 
it's almost like that paranoia. Yeah. yeah. And so dad did already have really bad paranoia. Yeah. And then I think we just made it so much worse yeah. because we couldn't handle it and yeah. we were just making out like, whoa, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Do you feel but, like yeah. there needs to be more, like there's a lot of awareness for mental health, but there needs to be more for, or I don't know how many avenues there are, for, but for people, maybe more sympathy for people surround, like. Yeah, in, definitely. Yeah, relationship or family or. Yeah. With someone who's going through it. <clears throat> Because that's almost just as hard as person going through themselves. Yeah, you need to understand the mark, like the markers of each uh, mental illness. Like I think that's something. It's easy to say, oh, someone has depression, but what does that actually mean? Yeah, and it's easy to say someone has anxiety, but what, what does that actually mean for that person's experience? Yeah. yeah, and so like if you understand it, then maybe you can tread a little softer. Yeah, um, but also in all of this. I think the best thing that you can also do is actually have really good boundaries yep. with anyone that, are like, you know, is exp- does have bipolar or, like, wh- whatever it is they have. Like, you need to know your boundaries before you, like, leap in because you can't help someone if you are constantly having your boundaries crossed. You actually become more of a problem than a help. Yep. Um, so that's the other piece of it I guess yeah it's interesting <laughs> thank you for sharing thank you for sharing <laughs> <coughs> well so because I'm I haven't forgot your earliest childhood memory question but because we're on the topic this is what I did want to ask you mm. why do you think <coughs> because we speak about this stuff a bit why do you think there's more mental health awareness for men Sorry. why do you think there's more mental health awareness for men than there is for women. <coughs> um, because suicide rates are higher in men. Yeah, but they're not zero for women. Do you think women are on top of it? or <clears throat> We're not on top of it, but we talk about it more. I think that we're a lot more lingual. So it's like um, probably someone comes to the aid or helps before it gets that far. Yeah. <coughs> Whereas like... Have you ever known anyone? I mean, I don't want to turn this dark. <laughs> no, go for it. No, but like if if you've ever known anyone to kill themselves, like a really common thing that people say is they were the life of the party. Mm. And that's like such a theme with men. It's like it gets – it's not just buried. It's like, it's like it doesn't exist. It's like a yeah. whole other side. It's yeah. like – and I think that that's something that isn't as high risk with women because we can't shut our mouths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Like people, fucking everyone, mm. when women gossip, yeah. it's like negative connotation, but it's actually quite It's an expression. Therapeutic and 100%. nice. Even though you're just talking about bullshit, just shut up for a second. Yeah. And, and something about like, like society has like sort of designed like – uh, fostered women in expressing themselves mm. where they've basically told men to shut up. Yeah. And it's been like that for such a long time that even though we're coming out of it, it, like it takes adjustment and things are changing, but they change slowly. It's like maybe birds didn't always have wings, but like, I don't know, did they? Birds, but you know how evolution works. It's, it's like, called a rat. <laughs> it's a possum. I got a theory. 
Go. So mine is like there's always so the difference between men and women. Men are fucking shoot me, but stronger, physical. So the women's like to make it even. They're more probably smarter, um, manipulative. That way, oh. no, but like in a good way. Uh. Like a woman can control a man with their brain. In a good way. Okay, well, I'm going to disagree with that point, but yeah. Okay, but so throughout time, that's always been the case. So men, even though they're angry, they've always got these outlets where it'd be fucking, go back in time, would be you'd go hunting or fucking you'd fight in a fucking war shit. And <clears throat> But it's pretty consistent with the women's, how they kind of dealt with it as far as like they're still talking. And as society's gone... Further and further, in it's going in a positive direction, hundred percent. But all these outlets that men used to have, like you think about fifty years ago, if someone was depressed, they would blame like black people, or like that was the outlet. And yeah, like, they'd get angry. Yeah, so instead of being like it's not my fault, it's this fucking person's fault. It's mm. like yeah. yeah, or they would fucking they would put it out on other people and. This is a good example. So my great great grandfather um, <coughs> killed someone. No, mine did. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> but they they always say like men men were tougher back in the day. All this type of shit. But my great grand, great great grandfather. So a while ago, um, they used to, we used to have a cow, and when he would get really angry and like boiled up, he would just go out and just bash the cow. Bash a cow. Just bash a cow. And it bash was just normal. Cow. Yeah, exactly. Bash it like the counted the cow didn't. The cow do sit there and just get punched in the head. Exactly. So, what? Yeah. And I was thinking about this the other day because I was driving and I saw a cow. I'm like, I As just, if you wouldn't just sit on him. Sit on him. Yeah. No, cows so he's are like, massive. it's like instead of punching a punching bag, you'd punch a cow. I know, but if you were the cow, why wouldn't you just sit on him? Oh the cow, he's probably fucking tied up. Oh, fair. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How's he gonna <laughs> sit on him? If he's in front of me. I don't know, just stand up and just... Yeah, you'd probably crack it. But they say, like, um, men aren't as tough as back in the day or whatever, and I think that's a good thing when you use that example because I was driving the other day and seen a cow and thought about that and my eyes eyes started to water. (laughs) That's nice, though. Why do you eat them? (laughs) (laughs) Can't punch them, but I'll eat them. Exactly. (laughs) Well, that is funny because imagine when they did eat that cow, how tender it would have been. Yeah, it would have... Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of um, – so going back to all that point, that's just a sidetrack. It's, it's like a bad but kind of funny story. Mm. Um, all these outlets that men had are, are going, which is good. So it's like you can't blame anyone else anymore You and it's becoming very internal. Yeah. And we're not really replacing these outlets. So we're not – we get we're getting definitely getting better at it at talking. Mm. But – yeah, as, as, as each generation goes, like even 10 years ago, it used to be you go to a pub and there'd be punch-ons. Mm. So like that's and why it, I think now it's been like talk about your mental health instead mm. of have these outlets that used to be accepted fucking yeah. even 10 years ago. And I think like the transition period is like a very sensitive period as well. Like it's um, – it's – like it's a very – like men are very vulnerable at the moment, especially like with the feminist movement and things. Yeah. Um, 
it it's hard because on one on one hand we're like society is saying like yeah men like speak up talk about mental health and on the other hand men get bashed by feminists because they've always been at the top of the food chain yeah. but they haven't been happy at the top of the food chain mm. <laughs> they've just happened to be there and yeah sure like there's been some bad stuff but like i think instead of being like I think you're right. Instead of being like men's mental health versus women's mental health, it just needs to be people's mental health. Yeah. Um, because I, I do hate the divide and I do hate the chip on the shoulder thing with feminism. Um, though, like I, I would consider myself a feminist, Same. but I, I'm not a feminist at the extent, at the expense of men. Yeah. And I think that's what I struggle with a bit. I think that men get overshadowed a lot in this very sensitive period of transitioning into something that's um, probably a bit more healthy. Um, and it's probably going to take like another 10 years for yeah. men to feel like they can just chat to, you know, like the way that women do. It's probably yeah. going to take at least another 10 years yeah. for you guys to have what we have. Um, and I and I just would never want like, yeah, feminism to squash that or think that it's less important yeah. because – Yes, women have been oppressed forever, but that has also meant that we have developed in a certain way where we have so much resilience and so much um, gumption that we're actually better equipped now than men have ever been. And that's like probably why it looks like women sort of like have been, you know, forging ahead in all these different things. It's because like we've built this resilience from being oppressed for so long but men are just starting that process. Like men are beginning to be oppressed now. Yeah, it's true. So it's just interesting. But yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Shout out to white males. Got yes. your back. <laughs> All right, cool. Nice little detour. I'm all said. Don't agree with like the women being good and stuff, but it's a good point. Yeah, we're all manipulative. <laughs> yeah. It's well, not we can our- agree, agree to disagree on a few things. That's yeah. the beauty of life. Women wouldn't have the power to be manipulative if men weren't so obsessed with sex. True. Well, that's another thing I think And that's about. really your problem. <laughs> Girls, well, people think like men are in control of the world. Well, maybe that's what that's what people say. I didn't say that. You know my big fat Greek wedding where she's like, <laughs> I haven't man, seen it. okay, my big and fat Greek wedding. And copyright laws not allowed to talk about it. Hmm? Copyright laws not to talk about it. I'm joking. <laughs> no, okay, sorry. No, you say what you're going to say. Well, uh, I was going to say people think men run the world, but men only do what women only do what's going to get them women. Oh, that's true. So if women just change what they like, it'll change. So what? Why do you think everyone now is like is that why in Donald touch Trump with their feelings? Because <laughs> they're just trying to impress girls. Really? No, maybe not, but it helps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think about that. Yeah. Okay, so you're back home. You're. Lived in Anusa with... Oh, my God, we're back to Anusa. We're back to Anusa. <laughs> We've come full circle. Okay, so how's your dad going now? Mm, really good. Good? Mm-hmm. He's a puppy dog. Oh. He actually is. He's got, like, jowls. He's getting quite old. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> jowls, is that what they're called? Yeah, like, you know how, like, yeah, the Frank guy. has the... I mean, Frank. Frank. <laughs> I was thinking of Frank from... um. Uh, Goodfellas? No, from um, Shameless. Oh, yeah. But I was talking about Ralph, actually. Yeah. Thinking about Frank, talking about Ralph. But you know how Ralph has, like, the yeah. jowls? Cute. 
dad has those. <laughs> all right, so you, you um, so first of all, shout out to your dad. Thanks for that. He he's, a, he's an amazing person. Yeah. He's very interesting. And tell your mum, your mum's an artist. Mm. We spoke about it on the first team, but not the second one. Did we? Yep. Yeah, right on. Um, so from there, so why would you decide to move to Melbourne? Um, well, between living in, um, I can't remember where I was, somewhere in Europe, um, and moving to the moving to Canada, I came to Melbourne for nine months. Mm. Loved it. Still moved away, but I loved it. And where about you stay in that stint? I was living. I was living. I was living. Above the Vodafone store in on Sydney Road in Brunswick. Cool. It was such a dope place. And we um we set the rooftop on fire. Shit, how'd you do that? I didn't do it, but I woke up because I was living on the loft and I woke up to seeing like the skylight all like it's orange. And I was like, Holy shit the roof's on fire and Kane had left he'd like done he'd made like this little barbecue and he'd left the coals up there. Yeah, but fortunately, like, all the boys were tradies, so they just, like, fixed it up. Oh, yeah. We nearly set the whole thing on fire. Fuck. Yeah, it was, like, up in flames, and we, were, and we had to, like, go up, like, two stories with pots of water to, like, put it out. It was so bad. You chucked Kane under the bus. No one knew it was him. Everyone knew it was Kane. <laughs> Useless. No. <laughs> so now you're in Melbourne, So because you, you, you loved it then. Was yeah, I loved it then. Always, I always knew I was coming back. To, yeah, so that yeah. planted the seed. I'm going to end up in Melbourne yeah. or go to Melbourne. Hundred percent. Because you, I want to. I want to live in Australia. Like ultimately. Yep. Um, but this is the part of Australia that I want to live. Yeah, that's funny because everyone that lives in Melbourne is always like, "Fuck, why don't they just go move to Noosa or yeah, Byron Bay?" They haven't met the people. Ooh. No, but they haven't. Well, actually, a lot of them are Victorians, but they're those Victorians from the south. Yeah. Like, they're all from Brighton. Jeez, mm. you are just taking no prisoners. <laughs> Sorry, but like... <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking you about. You know when you could like... People when that you think go they're the, too good for you. Yeah, and you know like when you go down the, like, down se- like southern, southern suburbs. Bank. Yeah, wherever. Like, why are they all wearing ankle socks? I have never seen someone wear regular socks down there. Yeah. It's always ankle, ankle socks. Middle of winter, ankle socks. Put some, cover your ankles. Mm. It just is weird. So that's the biggest thing that you hate? Yeah, that's, that's really gets my goat. (laughs) No, but like, you know, like they're just like a type of, they're a type of people, but those people are the people that move to Noosa if they're from Victoria. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you need a lot of money. It's not like, pardon. You need a lot of money. Yeah, I guess so. And the only way to make money is to be a fucking wanker. And when I used to work in hospitality um, in Noosa, we used to have just, the only time that I hated tourists was when they were Victorians. Firstly, they can't drive around roundabout. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because... And Noosa is only roundabouts. Like, that's you, all we have. You indicate... Yeah, so, you say this, but, like, that's the rule in Queensland. So if you're driving... You have to indicate in and out of a roundabout. Okay, for people listening in Victoria, if you're going straight to a roundabout, you put your right indicator on. I do, yeah. And then when you get... And the left indicator. Halfway through, then you put your left indicator on. So yep. two indicators to go straight. Yeah. Dangerous. Not dangerous. Well, it is because if someone's in Victoria is crossing the road where you're going, they say you take, you put your right blinker on and they're like, oh, she's turning right, I'm going to turn. And then all of a sudden, bang, left blinker. What the fuck? 
Boom, Subaru, straight through the poor little kid. Subaru. <laughs> Who are sponsoring this podcast. Yes. <laughs> How'd your bag such a big one? Great vehicles. <laughs> um, anyway, that's how, you, that's how you're supposed to drive. No, but they, they just also don't know how to, like, which lane to get in. Mm. It's weird. But again, South people, you know. Yep. What do you do? Yeah. Um, but no, I, when I used to work in hospitality, um, I remember distinctly this one, this one guy and I went up to take their order and they ordered and then he said, can you please tell the chef that um, I'm from Melbourne so I know food? Ooh. <laughs> and I said to him, I don't think you want me to tell him that. Ooh. And he was like, no, honestly, don't do that. It's, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I looked at one of the buttons. No, no, I have to do it. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, that was all right. That was all right. Don't do the other one. I won't. You're talking about it. Okay. More than anyway, I, anyway, that's that's like so. That was your big turn down for what moment in your um, hospitality career? And what did no, he say? No, he just he just was like, "How dare you?" Oh no! Like I don't remember what he said. That is such but a wanker thing to say. I it was just food. such – that's what I mean. I know – I just remember those words. I know food. I'm from Melbourne. And mm. I was like, yeah, none of us eat up here. <laughs> <laughs> like, food, what? And what's the chef going to do about, oh, <laughs> get, get the steak out? Better get my uh, <laughs> Melbourne ladle for the eggs that he's about to eat. Like, he was just ordering breakfast. How difficult could it be? Yeah. Poached eggs. Shut up. Yeah, fuck him. Is that pepper quite right for you? <laughs> you do have a British accent and you just... Oh, I don't. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, you're in Melbourne now. You moved here in Feb? Yeah. And boom, lockdown. Six. I had six weeks of normal and then Six lockdown. weeks of normal. Yeah. Yeah. So how's that been? Lockdown. Well, moving, being someone that moves around all the time, now you come to Melbourne, which is kind of a new state. Mm. Oh, it is a new state for you. And you go straight into lockdown when you're used to whenever there's a problem, you're allowed to just move. How did you go with like kind of being stuck? To a point, I like I quite liked lockdown. But you can say that then now it that got it's to over. a point. No, 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 no. I was very happy. I was very happy for like the first two lockdowns. Was it two? How many have we been through? <laughs> oh, I know what year it is. Um, yeah, um, I was I was very happy for like the first bit. I just like gardened heaps, listened to so many podcasts, and then I started running out of podcasts, and then I started running out of things to do in the garden, and it kind of sucked. Mm. And um, and I also like I feel like so I've been here I guess close to nine months or whatever, and I also feel like I should have like this great friend group. And even last night, like I've met up with an old friend that I've known has been in Melbourne this whole time, and we only just hang hung out for the first time, which was. Lovely, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I should have, I should have like quite established myself with a friend group by now, and I just keep thinking that it's just like, yeah. So you probably pictured uh, all you, all my massive problems, hey? Yeah, true. All your work <laughs> friends, like, let's go out Friday night drinks, and then meet these other people, meet these other people, and they got heaps of friends. Yeah, but it's more just being like, you've only got one, and it's me. No. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> No, you've got I heaps. I have heaps of friends. Yeah. You do. So, yeah, so lockdown. And what about now? How do you feel going out of lockdown? Um, 
I don't want to see too many people. <laughs> <laughs> it's that weird thing where like, what do they call it when you've got, um, it's like an actual syndrome. Oh. Down. No, no. Oh my God. Stop. It's like that. Um, it's like the syndrome where they named it after like kids that got kidnapped and held host, like held by their kidnappers. And and then they got um, oh. yeah. Google it because I couldn't even guess. Yeah, There's Stockholm s- syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Oh uh, yeah. Um, oh, so you're so used to being at home, you have to yeah. Yeah. So basically, like because they have been ca- captured. Yeah. When hostages or abuse victims bond with their captors. Yeah. So they bond with like the the thing that. Yeah, the person that took them away, and then when they finally get released, they don't want to go because yeah. it's the only thing they know. That's what yeah. I feel like with lockdown. Yeah, I think everyone does. Yeah, and so it's like, oh yeah, you've got all this freedom. It's like cool. Yeah. What What did I used to do? Who am I? <laughs> yeah, but having the choice is enough. You don't have to do it. Yeah, it is. It is like psychologically having the choices, a huge improvement. Yeah, I was speaking about this with Max this morning. Like, well, one, one, one thing I do want to bring up about this whole lockdown thing for all. All many listeners. Um, All the ones in Argentina? No, so there's two things. The first thing is... Actually, Brazil. Do you have any in Brazil? No. Oh. They're having a tough time. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. So mm. shout out Dan. I know I gave you a hard time, but you've done a great job, mate. No, Dan sucks. No, fuck him. Um, so the thing with this lockdown, a lot of people would have had... It's, it's very common. I've had a lot in my time too, but... You have like kind of this internal angst or depression or sadness or whatever, and mm-hmm. you think once it gets to the end of lockdown, like I'm only sad because I'm in lockdown. Once I get through this, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But there stopped being a light at the end of the tunnel. At one point, there was no light at the end no, of the tunnel. What I'm saying is, it's very important to know that, like, when this all goes back to normal, which is starting to now, um, it doesn't don't expect everything to. Just be like, bang, I'm happy again. Because it's yeah. the same as like fucking, to give a stupid analogy. Um, no, that's a bad analogy. But like just understand for people going now that have been like, okay, fuck, I'm still dealing with this. Like it's this end of lockdown is not going to answer all your problems. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have to. Also like people, people like – I've pretty much I've been to the pub I think four times this week. Jesus. Yeah, but like some of it wasn't my choice. Like some of it was work stuff. Um, but like people jumped from I w- I jumped from being like drinking less. I like I drank a lot at the start of lockdown. Yeah. Then started drinking less and started exercising way more. And then jumping from that to going back to pub life, I actually have felt worse. Mm. Even though I'm seeing people and that fills me up, that's yeah. lovely. I feel I've felt like really like heavy and blah yeah. the last like few days because everything goes back to pub culture. Yeah. And even like going on my walks, like during lockdown or my runs, like during lockdown, you'd have to like pretty much dodge people. Yeah. It was so busy. Everyone was out doing stuff, being active. Now that the pubs are open, yeah. no one's out there doing that. And it's like kind of sad. It's like mm. We probably should keep doing that, see people, but like, let's not just like revert to drinking culture. Yeah, and another thing I did notice, like, 
being out a couple of times and like as much as places are there's restrictions on how many people you can have. Wherever you go, there's people fucking everywhere. What are the restrictions? Ten people? I think it's twenty. Twenty. Maybe I don't know. Oh. Yeah. But um it must be twenty. It's been more than ten people where I've been. True. <laughs> I don't think that means anything. <laughs> but um like kinda keep your wits about you because like I don't know, I'm a bit older and past it, but I reckon especially if I was fucking younger, where you've been inside for You've been inside with your own mind for fucking seven months mm. and now you're going out and you have to get used to being around crowds, mm. fucking other people drinking. Yep, yeah. So you yeah, kind of just have your wits about you in that way because there could be some trouble brewing. <laughs> and I'm trouble. <laughs> I feel like you I, I feel like I've been watching the news too much. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the, the one, like when I went, um, I went to like a, a picnic thing, or not a picnic, just like a, there was a rug in the, <laughs> in the park. <laughs> but I felt like I was really aware of my facial, facial expressions. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about the whole time. And it's, it's weird because I don't think I normally have social anxiety. Like if I go into a social setting, yeah. it's usually because I feel okay. If I'm anxious, I just stay home. Yeah. But I was out, I thought I had like all this pizzazz and then I just couldn't stop thinking about what my face was doing. <laughs> this is weird. Like, am I overreacting because I'm excited to see people or like am I underreacting? And yeah. I just couldn't read people anymore. I couldn't read the room and I was like, I need to go back inside. Yeah, that is true because I, I weird. have thought about that, like struggling with big groups as well. And I thought, but maybe that is just because I need to get used to it again. Oh, I think it is because yeah. I don't normally think about my facial expressions too often. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a question for you. All right, go for it. And I've got a few for you too. And wait, before you start, what? yeah. I'm going to talk again. Do you get talk? Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we back. <laughs> and we back. And we back. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> okay, so my question for you is. How many people on this podcast do you think know you that listen to it? Like 30%? That know me? Yeah. Personally? Personally. Or properly? Personally. Or properly. Maybe properly. Well, the most listens I've had is 500. Yeah. And, well, it's different because a lot of guests, like each guest would probably bring a few people <laughs> that know them. It's not going to happen with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. He's more than 30%. I reckon hundred percent. Even though it's one's in no, I don't Chile. know. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Okay. I don't no, know. I don't fine, know who's in store. Well, I'm just. I'm because. Okay. So my question is, and you'll understand why I was asking that. Oh, but my yeah. question is: is um, would you throw it all away, like security, consistent money, mm-hmm. house, and everything, to be an artist that could survive, like made enough money to survive, and one hundred percent be famous once you die. I have no interest in being famous at all. Okay, well then <laughs> But No, but once you die, like you're not actually famous. It's like but you start making all your money once like as an artist, you pretty much only make your money once you're dead. From a lot of them. Yeah, so how do I spe- how do I spend my life? Just being like Van Gogh. Being an artist. Van Gogh. Being an artist, making it through just surviving. Probably, probably my mum. 
<laughs> well, the way I've kind of like in a roundabout way set up my life, but anyone can, is I, I've kind of got the flexibility to be able to do both, which is cool. So Amazing. But to really dive into, I think being an artist, you have to go a bit further and really let go mm. of everything. You do. So I, I do want to, I I think before I kind of settled down, I, I do want to go on like a, a six-month trip mm. to India mm. and do let go mm. and be like, fuck, I'm being fucking weird. <laughs> I'm levitating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That Look at me go. That'll be my art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can fly. I just fly back. That's good. <laughs> you don't fly back. You hover back. I'd be good at footy. You know, I can fly. Calm down. Yeah. I'd do all that just to be good at mm, Whittlesea footy. <laughs> I really found myself this year, guys. Put can me I be forward, captain? I can fly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to that answer, um, yeah, no, like when I, as I've got, like so you my, always be foot in, foot out. As I've been more aware of my ego, I've got to a point where even like doing this podcast is like the fame is, it's not up to me what people think. It's true. You can't control it. Yeah. So even like with the paintings and shit, it's like, well, I don't do it for the end result. It's just do it because I enjoy doing it. It's like you mm. wouldn't meditate so you can go and tell someone you meditated. Mm. So, Yeah. Um. Yeah, it is hard though, like having that security. But I don't. I think there's nothing wrong with having security as well. No, it's definitely cooler to but, be like I'm living life on the edge, man. What about you? But there's some people that are like oh, so like, deeply an artist. Yeah. That they they actually don't know what else to do. Like they can't think of doing anything but make music, or can't think of anything to. Other than doing a painting. Yeah, true. And those people have to live like sort of hovering on the line, I guess. Yeah. Their whole lives. Um, because they just, they don't know how to be anything else. And that's why I sort of think that being an artist has nothing to do with your actual skill. It's got to do with like the person that you are and mm-hmm. what's like actually in your, so- like in your spirit to do. Yeah, but also like the skill is the bridge between <clears throat> what you see or feel in your head and putting that onto something yeah, but that it other also, people can see. Because I've like if I could paint what I can see, mm. I would be a fucking legend. Mm. Or if I could like convey what I feel. Yeah. I guess that's kinda like writing. It's probably easiest that way. But writing, yeah, for you, yeah. But um I, I think I think painting people think you can either paint or you can't. And what I've learned is it's not... You can learn it. Yeah, for sure. And also, a lot of the reason people love art is because it's... Like, I think... So I'm sort of like a reverse artist in that I have the skill, but I don't feel creative. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's weird. Like, I would look at you and say that you're way more an artist than I am. We need to join forces. I need your skill and my... (laughs) I'll just take off my arm. (laughs) Give it to you. (laughs) Give me your brain. (laughs) No, but yeah, it's like it's a it's a weird thing because I don't feel creative enough to say that I'm an artist, but I know that I have like higher than average skill in yeah creating yeah that's true. But I I just think that yeah, art, being an artist is in the in the spirit of it and the mind of it and and not being able to let go of it. Like I would, what is happening out there? 
people walking past. I just saw them in the reflection. Cars on bricks. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. But why do you think that is? Why do you? Why do you? Is it because you are good that you can't let go and you yeah. hold yourself to a good? So, like you say, it's like the bridge to expressing yourself, and I say it's the restriction <laughs> to mm. expressing myself. Yeah. Because because I know how to do lines so well, or how to do something so well. It's like. I don't know how to just like let go. Yeah. So like my favorite artworks of my own are the ones that are my lowest skill set. Yeah. So those are the only ones I show people. It, actually, the ones that are like really basic. Yeah. Because those I actually like heart love them because they actually came from my heart. Whereas yeah. the other ones like they feel too technical or too yeah too rigid. Yeah, yeah, and that's like one thing I'm glad I found painting now instead of when I was. Younger is because now I've got no pressure. Mm. Like I know I'm not yeah. good and I can just go for it. But that's what that's what we were saying the other day. It's like it's easier to just go for something that you know you're not really good at. Yeah, because... That's how I feel about writing. Like I, ha- I'm a, my job is being a writer mm. and I actually don't think I'm very good. <laughs> mm. But I went for it because there's no pressure because I'm like, well, who cares? If someone turns me down, I get it. I'm not very good. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. They didn't, but like... I'd be okay if someone said, you're a shit writer. But like, yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> but if someone told me I was a shit at drawing, that would really fuck with me. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's interesting because even like um, like it's, I guess, I think, I think there's different definitions of art and mine is like I think art is just what your inner child does mm. and that's why artists are so free because they haven't really suppressed that fucking inner child. Mm. And like so – expressive and whatever um and even though i guess not an art form but for like the last three or four years playing footy i haven't enjoyed it for that exact reason because mm. i was so worried about being good at it yeah and then now because you were good at it well like not fucking great but like <laughs> just say it <laughs> <laughs> i just tied up a lot of my identity in the performance yeah, yeah. whereas in my identity was tied up in how good this painting was yeah I would be like, if someone said, oh, I don't like it, I'd be like, oh, fuck. Mm. Or if someone said, I don't like one of your paintings, I'd be like, oh, fuck. What am I? I don't give a fuck. I'd but the, then when you start getting really good and you recognise that you're good, then you'll start giving a fuck. Well, I just hope that I have the awareness now that never never happens. All right. Well, that's true. Even like that's what I'm learning with footy now. It's like I don't, I'm getting better. At, I don't really care. If, like I, I, it's it's a hobby. Yeah. It doesn't have like – I'll tell you something. Fun. I'll tell you something that you'll like. Um, I'll be the judge of that. You will. Um, so you know the word empathy, obviously. Start, start with E. <laughs> you know that word. <laughs> um, that word was created where from a person looking at a painting and understanding the feeling that was coming out of the painting, uh. and that's where the word empathy came from. That is cool. So it's like empathizing with a feeling that you're mm. recognizing, but it actually came from looking at a painting. Yeah. Do you love it? That is great. That's a good fun fact. How do you? Good job. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, I think a lot of art is ruined in that way of like people kind of adding science to it and being like, this is good because of this. It's like, mm. well, like just let your body, yeah. like your body knows more than we know. So just let it. Like I have even like with music, I had 
there's these weird sounds that I hear sometimes that I just have to play it on repeat and repeat and repeat. Like, I don't know, um, the very beginning of Mojo Pin by Jeff Buckley. I think I've told you this before. But I used to do this with a lot of a lot of sounds. And there's also like Milk by Kings of Leon. There's like a sound in there. Yeah. I just get obsessed with it and I get I love it. But I remember like recording that first like eight seconds of Mojo Pin and putting it on loop on a mm. CD. And I would just listen to that endlessly. And it's not the song hasn't even started. It's just like this weird like mm. kind of like cat noise. I like the cat noises. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to cat noises. Yeah. All right, I've got a question back to you. What's the hardest thing about being a female at this stage of your life? Because I'm not probably going to have another girl again, so I've got to get away. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, at this stage of my life? Yep. Like being really, really current? Yes. Like very immediate situation? And what I'm oh, – I don't even want to say this. Because it sounds cold. Be cold as you want. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, so at this point in my life, um, I guess I'm working on like setting boundaries with people. Mm-hmm. I find girls are not very good with boundaries. They do not like them. <laughs> yeah. And so um, with some of my female friendships, I'm finding it quite draining, I guess, to... Reject. It's not reject, but like I, I find it difficult to be myself with a lot of girls because there's a lot of expectations. There's a lot of like psychology that goes along with girls that you don't get with guys. Yeah. Um, and that's right now. That's probably my biggest um challenge is being female, which is like the most anti-feminist thing I could say. <laughs> no, but it's funny because I, I think that too. But it's like true. even being in like a, a big group of boys. Yeah. With girlfriends and then seeing them like like create this thing where they have to be this. And I just imagine yeah. it being so draining to yeah. be like and then as soon as you're not this upbeat yeah. character, people are like, Oh, what's mm. she, what's wrong with her? It's like she's just being a normal person. Yeah. It's um, there's a huge expectation that comes along with um being girlfriends. Mm. But I also imagine that exists if you're a guy with the guys. Like if I was a guy, I probably wouldn't get along with guys as well. Or maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, guess I don't know is. if that's true. I guess that's but there's like a there's a it's like I, I think there's such a beautiful thing when um, guys and girls are friends because I think that's you sort of yin and yang, um, and usually we only sort of approach that with relationships. But I actually think it should be like that with friendships. Mm. Like my favorite, like you know, my brother's my best friend. Zach is my best friend. Brayden's my best friend. Like I, I definitely, I love what guys and girls bring together. Am I a fucking bowl of goldfish over here? Oh, sorry. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, going back to <laughs> saying boys have feeling yeah. that too. I think that's where a bit of my social anxiety comes from too. Like having to be in, like in big groups, yeah. being this character. Yeah, and a lot of people listen about oh, fucking Riley's. Life mm. of the party or whatever, but I'm not. But that's why I have to get pissed mm. yeah. to be that. Because if I'm there, I'm yeah. myself and just kind of quiet and reserved. Mm. It's like fuck. What's wrong with Riley? Yeah. And that was so hard. Like, and br- and you're comfortable with it, but no one else is comfortable with yeah, it. Yeah, bridging that. Gap, <laughs> it's like bridging that gap between like 
sober Riley and drunk Riley. Mm. And because, like, I don't even know what it is. Yeah. And that's where that social anxiety comes from. Yeah. Just to be like, oh, maybe I just don't want to do anything. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think that's exactly the same feeling that I get where it's like I don't I don't want to talk about boys or I don't want to talk about. Yeah. It's just like that expectation. I that, love your dress, queen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no one I know says that except for you. <laughs> well, it was a nice dress. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like it's just, I don't know. I, I find, yeah, I guess, like, for me, like, it, bottom line is, like, it's hard to be, it's hard to have this, like, assumption of closeness mm. with girls because girls do attach, like, a lot quicker. Yeah. And um, and this has nothing to do really with, you know, being a woman in the 21st century. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really like being... Um, looked at as like cold or stoic or whatever. I kind of I kind of do resent that. Yeah. But it does seem to happen, I think. Yeah, you're just a you're just a human. And sometimes just want you humans to shut up. Can't be fucked. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. There's like they can't. Yeah. Everyone's got their own stuff going on. So girls, if you're high maintenance, stop it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, but it's funny because those girls that you think are high maintenance probably feel exactly the same where they have to be this character as well. I know, but then who are they doing it for? Like everyone's just mm. in this perpetual like stream of doing something for someone else. Yeah, but I'm sure you've got a close friend where you see the real them and then you see them in an environment and they're that character. Yeah. So Yeah. My, my best friend Bree is like that actually. Yeah. We didn't have to name names, but... No, no. <laughs> she has a podcast too. Does she? Yeah. We could join them. You can. What's her podcast called? Give it a shout Actually, out. she has artists on her podcast, so you could go on hers. Mm. I can't remember what it's called, but it's oh, good. Oh, it's, she just has artists on there though. Yeah. All right. I will go on because I've done like 40 in paintings. <laughs> <laughs> and signed them. Yeah. Yep. They're all for Let's sale. Go. They're all for sale if anyone wants them. Two grand. Some of them are a bit scary. Yeah. Just that one, actually. They can't see, Sarah. All right, well, <laughs> do you have other questions? Yeah, I do. Go for them. Go, go through all your questions. <clears throat> this one's a heavy hitter, and I hope you thought about this earlier. Yeah, I, I think you did. Um, if you could change anything about the way that you grew up, what would it be? And is it something that has affected you as an adult, and how? Well, this is very funny. Because I wouldn't have thought this when I was younger. Or maybe I did, but I do. I've got four brothers and I wish I had a sister. Not instead of a brother. and Just an extra. A, and another one that was a sister because I feel like that affected even like maybe for mum too, but to have a girl that I really, really loved growing up mm. that I could see the boy side of what I was doing and yeah. being like, well, if this was fucking me, yeah, whatever her name was, my fake sister, how would I feel? And kind of like maybe just add a bit more like, yeah, fucking femin- femininity, femininity. <laughs> into me well, growing just up. Just give you that like female insight. Yeah, because even growing up, like I still struggle with it now, but like, yeah, with us having a – You don't understand what a dick you are. Having a friend that's a girl. <laughs> And, like, being able to yeah, talk crazy. to them without fucking rooting them 
pretty much. Yeah, that blows my mind. Yeah, so I didn't really have that in high school. and I, So that's, if I could, I'd, I don't like dwell over it. Mm. And I, it took me like a few minutes to think about it when you asked me earlier, when you prepped me for it. But um, yeah, I do wish I had a sister. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. But she'd probably be a little um, thick-thighed slapper. Like me. Oh my god, that's disgusting. <laughs> She's not real, I can say that. Why would you talk about your sister like that? She's not real. <laughs> Maybe she is. But watching bloody um I don't know if I say that. Well I have to now. But <laughs> <laughs> go on then. Going off the latest porn hub tra- hub trends. Um having a sister, you gotta be careful. Ooh. <laughs> that's all I was gonna say. Alright. Yeah, that's was that a good answer? Not the last part. What about you? Not getting away that easy. Just thinking about your poor sister. Yeah. (laughs) With the thick thighs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it depends because there's, I mean, two of us. Actually, she might might be tall and skinny. She might look like Max. Yeah, my brother's amazing. Like, as a guy, like, I pretty much hold people, the guys to his standard. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad that he exists, but... My God, he grew up with three women, four women, mm. but he's so emotionally in tune. Yeah. And that's, I love that actually about him, but um, that's pretty much why, that, yeah, he's the standard. It is really good for guys to have sisters, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, insane. Like, I'm, like, that's a stretch because I had such a good upbringing and, my four brothers like my four best friends. It's all right. It's all so right. I wouldn't to, trade any of them. It's all right to want a sixth child. Yeah. But it was funny. Your poor mum. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to like cry to mum and beg for her to have an, I want, always want a little brother. Mm. And now I want a little sister. Mm. But, but now I've got nieces too, so I guess that's where yeah, you're it's come see, from. Yeah. And yeah. They're a few years off getting their heart broken though. Yeah, but even like just having that. Like, obviously, I love mum and that, yeah. but just saying, yeah, a little girl. Mm. Yeah, it makes you think. I have another question for you. Hit me. Do you like Kanye? Let's <laughs> <Did you> actually <laughs> write that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love Kanye. Did you want me to elaborate yeah. on why? Yeah. Because Kanye is one of my idols. <laughs> Not only for his music, but it's more for his mindset. And I know people might call him crazy. And do I do I want him to run for president and be president? Maybe no, not. No, <laughs> because I love him so much and I don't think that would be good for him. But what I do love about him is people continue to be like, so he started out as a producer and he got signed just so they could get his beats. And then he, he kept saying to people, I'm not just a producer, I'm a rapper as well. And he had these good-ass beats. Very slow rapper. Yeah, well. Whatever. Good music though. Just it's a good story. Sorry. <laughs> and he would keep these good as beats from like Jay Z and stuff who were like mm. biggest in the world mm. because he wanted them for himself. And they would say like you can't rap, you're not you're not up to this standard, you're just a good producer, that's what you are. And then bang, broke that wall, become fucking whatever, whatever album you <laughs> release was the best. And then they say you can't do this, you can't do that. And, and he does it. And always his mentality is like, don't tell me what to do. Mm. So as soon as... And that's the fuel to the fire. That's what the, people like that don't understand. They don't understand that every criticism is actually just like, fuck yeah, yeah. Kanye's going to get yeah. you. <laughs> and when like he 
love, well, when he was like on board with Donald Trump or whatever, he, that's what he loves about Donald Trump too, because that's the same type of thing. And you can see that in people that are just like, well, you got to tell me I can't do it. Like, why? Is that, and it's mm-hmm. like when he wore the, the Make America, Make America Great Again hat, mm. it was more just like, it's just a fucking hat. Mm. If I wear it, nothing, like, the world's not going to blow up. Mm. And it's just stories. So that's why. Mm. And also, the greatest music ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, do you like him? Not bad. <laughs> I do. I really like him. Not as much as you. I don't think that's possible. But would you rather? <laughs> the problem is, is that like I wrote this down. It's just a, would you rather dot dot dot, and I didn't think of the next part. Oh, so you're just hoping that you'd make. I was it up. thinking by then you'll have a good would you rather one. Do you have a good would you rather? You did not. You didn't give me have a heads never, up for it. Yeah, but do you have one? Okay, would you rather... Would you rather have salmon for arms <laughs> or hands for feet? I think that's a clear choice. Hands for feet would be good as You'd be like a monkey. <laughs> It'd probably make you quick. Watch me do a handstand <laughs> Even start like, walking. <laughs> imagine playing footy with four hands. Good as. Good luck trying to defend that. Yeah, it's difficult with salmon hands. Slipping all over. Yeah, exactly. Why would anyone want salmon hands? No one would. Okay. Um, well, I'm trying to think of a would you rather one. Would you... Okay, would you rather be... Anne Frank. Anne Frank. <laughs> <laughs> or Sarah Dyer. And Frank, she's a legend. <laughs> she lived for 14 years. Yeah, but man, she basement. had a good outlook. Can you she imagine? Did have a good outlook. Look at all, think about all like the self help material we consume just to like be the way that we are, which is moderate. Mm. She was fucking 14 years old and wrote shit about like fundamentally, I think that all people are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whilst. Like she was whilst, enlightened, yeah. living in a cupboard in a fucking attic. Hiding from people that wanted to murder her. Yeah, and she still said people are good. Like, how and is that even possible? Or, her, you know, her, her highlight of the day was like seeing the sun reflect in puddles yeah. from the small gap that she could see from the attic. She, she was an, she was an extra superhuman. Yeah, and amazing too. Like, and was writing that thinking no one's ever going to see it. And now, oh, exactly. That what? was like true thought. That was a hundred percent. Eighty years later, we're sitting here talking about it mm-hmm. in Australia. <laughs> and it's your great great auntie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why my middle name's Anne, and it's Anne with an E as well. Cool. Uh, is Anne Frank Anne with an E? <clears throat> um, what's your favorite book of all time? Um, Alchemist. Oh. Also. What were you going to say? Well, that's that's a good book. If anyone hasn't read it, it's a good book. It. No, it's not my. Um, I really like. We're still recording, by the way. Uh, yeah. I, oh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't want to say the other one because I actually I've been addicted to a few books, but they're kind of like chiclet. Chiclet. Yeah. What's that mean? Yes, she's Anne with an E. I knew that. Chiclet. Um, chick literature. 
Oh, okay. It's just like, I re- <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think Alchemist is, because Alchemist just brings me back to center. That's what I love it for. It's very, it's very simple, but it's very wholesome and very. Chen, oh, yeah. Um, Chase your personal legend. Uh, the book that I'm reading at the moment, which you recommended, is Shantaram. And, well, we'll, we'll start wrapping it up. Yeah, we But before I do, I'm going to talk about this book because I think everyone should read it. I'm only, I've got a Kindle, so 17% of the way through. <laughs> <laughs> but it's away. fucking long. It's like a 40-hour read. And the story is it's Australian. I'm going to get him on the podcast. Mark my words. Him, Justin well, Benici, who you don't know. Is he? No, 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 he's Australian. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just... Anyway, for anyone that wants to read a book, Look up Shantaram. It's about an Australian guy who escaped from prison, went to India, and then lives in India, all this cool stuff, and he's like the best writer ever. And then what happens next, I don't know. There's still 80% to go. 83%. (laughs) Okay, so you're good. You got no more questions for me? No. But you got a joke for me? Yeah. Go for it. Um, What does DNA stand for? Um, Doing nothing... Always. National Dyslexic Association. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. It is pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Okay. One day little Johnny was digging a hole in his oh backyard. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. The next door neighbor spotted him and decided to investigate. Hello, Johnny. What are you up to? He asked. My goldfish died and I'm going to bury him, Johnny replied. That's a really big hole for a goldfish, isn't it? Asks a neighbour. Johnny says, that's because he's inside your cat. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody.